If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. As we've got a tremendous hour for you, as we're going to be joined by Dan Vreeland. He does a great job over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is going to be joining me. We're going to be talking quite a bit of UFC with him. So that is going to be a whole lot of fun. And along the way, since we wound up going very college football heavy in our number one, we went pretty NFL heavy in our number two. We're going to be going a little UFC and a little baseball here in the final hour. If you want to missing the DK Ninja pick that I want to giving out in hour number two, we're going to have you guys covered with that as well. But we've got a lot to be able to cover this time of year as it is really getting to be the best time of year with all forms of football starting up. You've got some great UFC events and this is going to be a massive fall out there in the UFC as well. Heck, we wanted giving out a little EPL yesterday and that Wound up hitting with Mr. Brad Thomas. He was able to do a great job with his pick. So a lot of ways to be able to make money in this racket. Just being able to find the winners, that is always a tough way to do it. But with that said, doesn't matter whether if it's in, excuse me, UFC, if it's in baseball, if it's in football, we have got you guys all covered and got to get you guys covered in terms of what we're going to be seeing in baseball on this Friday. Getting all warmed up and we're getting all gassed up for what is going to be a great game between the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Francisco Giants. This is going to be one of the later games for this Friday as we go 9-13, 9-14 on the betting board. It is the San Francisco Giants. They are going to be playing us to the Philadelphia Phillies as it's Kyle Gibson who's going to be going for the Phils and Alex Cobb is on the bump for the Giants. 
Giants are in a relative pick game here. You're finding both teams really as bad as minus 110. With the Phillies, you're finding them as good as a minus 102. With the Giants, find them as good as a minus 105. So, got a relative pick game here. Anywhere between 7.5 and 8 is your total. Right now, DraftKings, really the lone game that we're seeing in terms of a 7.5. Most places have it at an 8 with a lot of heavy juice on the under, but I do take a look at Alex Cobb, and I'm willing to invest in him in this spot. If you take a look at the advanced numbers for Alex Cobb, and I'm not necessarily the world's like biggest looking at like every single hard contact rate number or and everything like that, but there are guys that you just watch them, and they're clearly getting unlucky. Alex Cobb, certainly one of those guys that you just watch them, and you know that every single batted ball that winds up getting put in play it's been going against him all season long. As Alex Cobb has been able to do a relatively solid job. Nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings, 2.7 walks per nine innings. He's got a fielding independent of 293 compared to a 381 ERA. The defense not really helped him out this season. So I do think that that is worth noting. And as a matter of fact, 10 unearned runs have been given up by Alex Cobb this far this season to wind up just adding to that a little bit. And then for Kyle Gibson, just have not necessarily been overly impressed by him this far this season. Now for Kyle Gibson, he's been a little bit better recently, but you take a look at him, and he's a okay strikeout guy, I guess. Seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Now, to his credit, he's been able to limit the walks. Right around two and a half walks per nine innings. That is incredibly important, in my opinion, because you do have a Philadelphia Phillies bullpen, in which they're now a little bit more depleted. Craig Canable, he's, if he's not out for the year, he's out for darn near much of the rest of the season. They are also going to be without Sir Anthony Dominguez in this game as well, but I will say this, when it comes to Kyle Gibson, over the month of August, he was able to shape things up just a little bit as that was his best strikeout to walk rate in quite a while. And what he's been able to do here in the second half of the season, right around 346 ERA, so he's been able to do a relatively solid job on that front. But you do have a San Francisco Giants team that, as well, is very balanced. You don't have that one guy that's necessarily at the leadoff spot doing a great job of being able to move the line. They want losing Donovan Solano in the offseason, so that did wind up hurting them a little bit. But you take a look at just... All these guys that you've got, like Jock Peterson, Thario Estrada, Austin Slater, all these guys in between about a 250 to 265. They've been solid. Peterson's been able to go deep 20 times for the team this season. So he's been able to do a good job of being able to move the line there. And then when it comes to Philadelphia Phillies, Kyle Schwarber, leadoff spot, 36 home runs. Absolutely massive for this team, but doesn't necessarily have the world's greatest batting average. But you take a look at the guys behind him, and they do a good job of being able to get on base for him. Alec Bohm, ever since the All-Star break, He's been hitting above a 3 on Bryson Stott over the last 35 days. He's been hitting in the neighborhood about a 275. They wind up getting Gene Segura back in the fold as well. So that is going to be able to help them out. But what I think is so important when it comes to handicapping baseball is taking a look at some of these ballpark dimensions as well. Because when you do take a look at Major League Baseball, you're going to find that most of the more pitcher-friendly ballparks, a lot of them are out here on the West Coast. And the big reason why is that you just wind up having a little bit of heavier air in general, like the biggest one of all. That would be Oakland, where you wind up having the marine, the marine layer out at night, and thus you're going to see a lot of very low-scoring games in Oakland, along with the fact that they wind the team in Oakland as like nobody making more than $3 billion this season currently on the roster. So that has led to some very low-scoring games out there, but I do think that that is something that really needs to be taken into account. And for the Phillies, ever since the All-Star break, they've been able to do a solid job with their bullpen, and while the Giants, they do rank in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of their bullpen ERA, they've been able to do a much better job recently. And I feel like the San Francisco Giants just really need to get over the fact that they were without Buster Posey. And 
A lot of people, they look at Buster Posey and they know what he was able to do in terms of his bat, but this was also a guy that did a great job of being able to call a game, not just with starting pitchers, but with the bullpen because the Giants, they returned much of the bullpen that they wound up having last season, but the reason why we've seen their ERA go from a sub-3, and they were the only sub-3 bullpen in terms of ERA last season, up to the upper half of the league in terms of the bad, is because you don't wind up having Buster Posey in the fold. They've been using guys like Austin Wins when he was there in the fold, Kirk Casale, along with Joey Barton. These guys just aren't the same. You do have three guys, though, Camilo Duvall, John Rebia, along with Jarlon Garcia, who have all been able to give this team a sub-3 ERA sub. I do think that that's pretty important. I do think that Alex Cobb, Going to be able to give a good start so that way you wind up getting to more of those trustworthy bullpen pieces, which is why I'm willing to take a shot on the San Francisco Giants in the spot. And when it comes to the total, I did wind up setting it at a 7.6. The 7.5 is a number of which I'd be willing to take it over on. I personally would rather have an 8-under. I do think that the ballpark factor is really going to be coming into play here, and I do think that the Giants, they're going to be able to get into more of their trustworthy bullpen pieces, and I do think that Alex Cobb is going to be able to turn a solid start in this one. And I do think that when it comes to solid starts, we're going to see a pair of them in this game as well because, well, you got a pair of deplorable offenses. 921-922 on the board. It is the Kansas City Royals on the road facing off against the Detroit Tigers with Drew Hutchinson going for the Tigers and Daniel Lynch on the bump for the Royals. Your total on this game is 8.5, and, and it's a relative game. Once again, a case in which the Detroit Tigers, you're finding them really as bad as a minus, or a minus 110, as good as a minus 103 with the Kansas City Royals. About as good as a minus 103, as bad as a minus 110. And both of these offenses have been towards the bottom of the league all season long for the Tigers. They and the Miami Marlins are jockeying 1-2 for worst offense in the league in terms of runs per game. As for the Detroit Tigers, you've got Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Akil Badu, Cody Clements, Tucker Barnard, all leading below a 215 for this team. I would throw in there Spencer Torkelson, but... He was so bad that he got sent down to AAA. And for the Kansas City Royals, Salvador Perez, he wound up dealing with a little bit of an ailment a little bit earlier in their series against the White Sox. He was a scratch. I believe it was in Wednesday's game. He was able to play on Thursday, but you tell he was not the same guy. He was 0 for 5. So that is something to take into account because for Salvador Perez, over the last 35 days, he's been hanging above a 285. He and Bobby Wood Jr. lead the team with 18 to 19 home runs apiece. And for the Royals, you do have a bottom of the full with guys like Ryan O'Hearn, throwing their Nick Prado, Nate Eaton, guys like this that they're going to be good eventually. But right now, as young guys, they just have not been able to do the world's greatest job of being able to move the line and get on base. And this is a Royals team that they do have a bad bullpen, and that's putting it as politely as I can. They've got a bullpen ERA that's north of a 5-5 ever since the All-Star break. Has got just so many guys that are willing to throw lighter fluid on a game. Amir Garrett has been absolutely awful. They wind up picking up Luke Weaver from the Arizona Diamondbacks. I have no idea why they would want that. They He's gotten north of a 6 ERA this season. Jose Cuas has seen some regression. Really, other than Scott Barlow, you really don't have a lot outside of maybe Dylan Coleman as well. He's been able to do an okay job. And for the Detroit Tigers, top 10 team with regards to bullpen ERA. They've been dealing with some shaky starters, to say the least, but Drew Hutchinson, he's been able to come into his own. Three runs or fewer surrendered in four out of his last five starts. Has been able to do a solid job of being able to reduce the walks as well because he's been giving up overall for the season right around four walks per nine innings in this recent run. He's been able to cut that by about 33%. So that winds up being able to help them out. I do think that this is a case though in which you're just not going to get a lot of offense because on top of that, with Detroit, very pitcher-friendly ballpark. You just don't have any offense with regards to a Tigers team that I'm not even kidding here. They don't have a single player all season long healthy or injured, 
that has been able to exceed 12 home runs all season long. For the Kansas City Royals, it's been relatively rough sliding for them. When you wind up getting into some of these circumstances, typically I like to take a look at a little bit more of an over where you wind up having two absolutely pathetic teams and you got two less than terrific pitchers. And I mean, with Drew Hutchinson, he's been able to shape up a little bit more. So that does wind up hurting that trend a little bit more. And then for Daniel Lynch, it's been a case in which he's actually got an ERA that's about 1.3 points lower on the road than he does at home. And can't say he's not necessarily the worst pitcher's park in the world either. He has been giving up a little bit over a home run for nine innings. And just like w- what we're going to be seeing with Drew Hutchinson, command is an issue when it comes to Daniel Lynch as he's been giving up in the neighborhood about three and a half Fox per nine innings. So that does wind up hurting him quite a bit. But I do think that he's going to be able to get a few strikeouts and swing and miss stuff all season long has been relatively solid. And there's just no better way to be able to boost your confidence if you're a little bit of a younger pitcher rather than going up against the Detroit Tigers. So I do think that this is a spot in which the under does wind up carrying quite a bit of weight as the Detroit Tigers overall this season, they're playing a little bit over that, a little bit over 60% of their games to the under. So it has been very hot for the team all season long. There's no reason to wind up going against it. I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot. But when it comes to this matchup, I was willing to lay up to a minus 134. With Drew Hutchinson, I recognize that it's been a little bit of a rough season for the Detroit Tigers, but they've actually got some of their starters returning to the fold that is going to be able to help out with the fatigue that we've been seeing with this bullpen as well. So going to be taking a look at an under in this spot, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Detroit Tigers. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a little bit of a look at the UFC. We've got an event going out there in in France, and talking to me about it next, Dan Vreeland. We're going to be taking a look at where to make a little bit of money on this week's card on the other side, right here on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. 
like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist Season 2, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter into weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to dive in on the action. Blue Moon made brighter, 21 years or older, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, please do drink responsibly as we are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. And great to be joined by Dan Vreeland. He does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, taking a look at all things UFC. And great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me again, Greg. Always a pleasure. And we've got a relatively solid card here that's going to be going down in Paris, France. And let's start with this one, because I know that on top of just taking a look at a lot of these fights straight up, you've decided to go with a couple of exact decisions. You've decided to go with just a few different bets in general. And I think that it's interesting the way that you wind up taking a look at this matchup as you think that Joaquin Buckley is going to wind up going down. And I know that you're looking for a little bit of plus money on this one. Yeah, I, I like Joaquin Buckley, and I see all the hype behind him. I, I know that the big knockout brought him a ton of hype. But at the end of the day, I think he's a, a not a great fighter when it comes to being able to put his combinations together and being able to put volume together against a guy who's good defensively. And I think that's what Nasoradim Imavov is. Because Imavov, you know, he has the nickname the sniper for a reason. The guy from the outside is really dangerous. And he's really, really hard to hit. If you look at his striking defense percentage, it's up in the 60 percentage, which which means he's only getting hit with like 30 to 40 percent of what people throw at him. Buckley, I think, is going to have a tough time because he's given up a whole bunch of reach. He's given up a whole bunch of length. I think Imavov is going to pick him apart from the outside. And and as you mentioned, I really do like the prop here. Not that Imavov isn't dangerous, but the fact that he does like to pick apart from the outside and, you know, Buckley is obviously dangerous in his own right. I think he's going to stay away from him for most of this fight and just frustrate him with that long jab, uh, you know, maybe even mix in wrestling a little bit. I, I know people haven't seen a ton of wrestling from Imavov in the UFC, but he's used it 
back when he was on the regional scene. So I'm actually loving Imavov here by decision. I, I think he probably drags this one out for the full 15. Yep, and it feels like that's a little bit of a theme in general that we've got with this card because we've got a pair of fights that it's like $2 or greater for the over in terms of two and a half rounds. And I know that you like this one to wind up going the distance as well as we've got the Nazarov versus John Markdesi fight. Right now, like I said, the prop on the over, it is minus 200 on the over. And right now, we are seeing Nazarat right around about a minus 225 to a minus 230 favorite. Take me through this fight because I do think that it's very unique that we've got so many of these fights with the round props just so jacked up on the over. Yeah, and it's interesting too because John McDessie has knockout power, right? We've seen him throw, you know, spinning back fists for knockouts in the UFC, spectacular ones that probably should have won him more awards than he won. And, and Nasrat Hakparast isn't without power in his own right. But the thing is, both of them have just gone so long without having a big knockout or without knocking people out. You know, both of them have kind of taken the best shots that their opponents have thrown at them in the past and not really gone down. We, we saw John McDessie go 15 hard minutes with Ignacio Baja Mondays, which since then, Baja Mondays has finished every single one of his opponents not named John McDessie. So for him to take all of the punches from Baja Mondays and now turning around and fighting Hakparast, a guy who I don't think is finishing all that many people and doing all that much in, in terms of finishing, th there's really not a reason to to hate the over, which is, I think, probably why you see it at you know negative 200 at this point. With that being said, I also like the underdog in that fight. You know, more and more I think about it, I do like John McDessie to kind of maybe mix it up on the feet enough and keep it off the ground as, as long as he possibly can. But, you know, if you're, you're trying to play the safer route here, I think this one is going 15 minutes as well. Yep, I do think that is really interesting to take a look at a lot of these fights because it seems like there's a little bit of knockout power when it comes to a lot of this card. But we do know that with regards to knockout power, the Robert Whitaker versus Marvin Vittori fight, certainly lacking a little bit of that as well. But I know that you've got a little bit of a play here, obviously, not with regards to more or less the round prop, as this is the biggest one on the board. The over is right now at a minus 270 on two and a half. So this one has gotten relatively jacked up, but I know that you're taking a look at something with regards to this one in terms of Vittori versus Whitaker. Yeah, and, and I don't don't love just the uh, this fight goes to decision or the over prop here because that you're right, that is huge. Negative <sighs> negative 270 is a big number. It's but with up. that being said, I do really like Robert Whitaker winning by decision here because Robert Whitaker, every single win he's got since he's he's in the last, I think it's been the last five years, has been by decision. He's not finishing people anymore at this stage in his career. And mostly that's just because he's fighting a higher level of opponent than he was before. So for that reason, if you like Robert Whitaker, there's really no reason to think that he won't win this by decision, especially when you consider the fact that he's fighting Marvin Vittori, a guy who hasn't ever been finished. So you're fight get taking a guy who hasn't gotten a knockout or a submission for that matter in the last five years versus a guy who hasn't been submitted or knocked out in his whole life. I, I mean, that's the only way that Robert Whitaker seemingly is going to win this fight, in my opinion. So if you're thinking Robert Whitaker, and I am because I think he's a better striker, I think he's going to frustrate Marvin Vittori in shutting down his wrestling since, uh, you know, Yoel Romero is really the only guy who's taking him down. I, I think Robert Whitaker by decision here is a slam dunk. And I do think that as well with regards to this fight, it's going to be one of the better ones on the card. And this is the one that is the main one. And frankly enough, it's one of the chalkier money lines that you're going to be finding. 
Now, if you don't like big chalky money lines, well, don't take a look at next week with regards to the Diaz fight because right now he's plus a thousand on that market. But with that said, Ty Tuavasa, he's going to be going up against Rio Gan. Gan right now finding himself right around a minus six dollar favorite. How do you wind up taking a look at this fight? Because, I mean, this is a case in which I think Gon should be able to get the job done, but it's all about finding ways to reduce the juice in terms of fights like this, and sometimes it can be rather difficult because when you wind up having to try to get a little bit more exact, try to wind up, for lack of a better term, picking your poison, it does wind up being a little bit more difficult when it comes to big, giant, chalky money lines like this. Yeah, and, and I think the hardest part about finding value in this one is, you know, if you do like on, and, and I know there are some people out there who like Toivasa, but that, that's just seemingly a long shot at this point. But if you do like Gon in this fight, it's so hard to decide whether or not Tai Tuivasa is going to go with the Derek Lewis approach where he kind of empties the gas tank and we see Gon pick him apart until he falls apart. Or we see him use the Yair Rosenstrike method where he kind of just plays patty cake with him nonstop for 25 minutes and we see maybe a pretty boring heavyweight decision. So I'm not really liking the decision or the KO prop here with Gon. I think if you're looking for a way to find some interest in this fight... I actually don't hate the prop on Surreal Gone by submission. Early in his career, he actually rattled off two straight submissions to start his UFC career. A fact I think a lot of people forget about. And, and I think Tai Tuivasa being a little bit more aggressive, maybe even being a little bit craftier than Derek Lewis, could possibly crack Surreal Gone once in a while. And if he does that, I think you could see Surreal Gone just like revert back to what he does sometimes, which is wrestle when he's up against a big striker. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did that and just snuck in a, you know, like a heel hook submission. I know he loves those heel hooks or an arm triangle submission again. Uh, and, and, you know, the number's really large for that. But but really, this is a spot where you're kind of like sprinkling on a couple of props that you think are fun. And in the meantime, just kind of like enjoying the fight because, you know, like you said, six bucks is not for me. Yeah, but it's one of those cases in which it is the main event fight and really unfortunate that the Main fights the next two weeks are going to involve just such big, giant, chalky money lines because everyone wants to have something on the main fight, but there's a lot on some of the under fights as well. And I know that we talked about this a little bit when it was previously the look at it and I was filling in there, but sometimes when it comes to some of these bigger money lines, there can be a lot of value. If you think that a guy is going to win a fight 80% of the time and you're finding that at right around like minus 225, minus 230. There's very good return on investment in that. I know that you've got a little bit of one here with William Gomez finding himself right around about a minus 215, minus 220-ish favorite. Take me through this one and why you like the favorite in the spot. Yeah, so this fight was thrown together really hastily. There was a bunch of drop-off fights in this card, and they they kind of needed to fill it out. And they, they found some local flavor here with Will, William Gomi. And I think the reason why he's getting this fight with, with Jarno Ahrens is that Ahrens is kind of, I'm not going to say he's not UFC caliber, because that's cruel to say, but he's a guy who's getting this fight because they needed somebody on short notice. And I think he's got a, a ways to go before he's that kind of level. Whereas Gomi is the one of the best prospects out of France right now. And I, th I don't want to say they're giving him a layup, but they're giving him a layup here. They're giving him a guy who likes to kickbox, who likes to strike. And he, not that he doesn't like to kickbox, and I actually think he's a better kickboxer, but I think he's going to take him down here, and I think it's going to be far too easy for Gomi. So you're getting a guy who not a lot of people know about, and he's got that, that number that's still nice and low for you. Yeah, but you want to be nice to the locals when it comes to an event <laughs> like this. So they're clearly doing that in this spot, and Dan... You always bring it every single time you join me. It's going to be a great card, and hopefully you do enjoy it and wind up cashing some bets. Thank you so much for joining me, Dan. Thank you.
Dan does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the UFC over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is always a pleasure to be able to get him aboard. So great to be able to talk a little bit of UFC. And coming up next, we've got a big giant baseball card that is on tap for Friday. All 30 teams, they're going to be in action. So we're going to be taking a look at just a wide variety of ways to be able to find some money on this baseball card. That is coming up on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. It is football season. Betters know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VSN, and now it's time to become a VSN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro football guides. Only VSN subscribers. Get all the tools to prepare for the college and pro football seasons as our experts provide profiles of every single team with advanced sets and power rankings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards, and so much more. Sign up for a early discounted price of $175, and you'll get both guides, plus full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl, or join us for just 40 bucks a month and see everything that VEASAN has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of your options and become a part of the Sports Betting Network, guys. We are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and great to be joined by our guest, Dan Freeland. He does an amazing job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It was great to be able to talk a little bit of UFC, as it's going to be a great event out there in Paris this weekend. Just overall, you take a look at the card that we're getting in the UFC just for the fall in general. Lots and lots of great fights, so it's going to be great to be able to take a look at it all fall long. I don't necessarily do a ton in the UFC, but you know what? What I always try to do on this show is when I don't know a lot about something, we call them the experts that they do know something. Like Brian Thomas, who wanted to join me yesterday in terms of the EPL. He does a great job over there at NBC Sports Bet. I'm someone that I don't wind up doing a lot of soccer, but he wanted giving us a winner. I always like to say this on the show. Go with some of the sports that you don't know. Don't try to spread yourself too thin. And if there's something that you don't necessarily know a lot, like I'm sure that many of you guys are looking to be able to bet a little bit more on the U.S. Open. Serena Mania has been taking over. Don't wind up trying to cram like 30 hours of tennis research in to try to be able to just play a few of those games. Instead, look to some experts like Pam Maldonado does a great job over there at Yahoo Sports. I know that she's been giving out some great picks. You're able to go down the line, look to some of the experts, and just work a little bit smarter, not harder, get prepared for this upcoming football season with the guys, and We've got you all covered there, and I've got you guys covered when it comes to baseball. We're going to round out the show here in the final two segments, trying to make some money where it can be made on this MLB card, and how about if we wind up giving a frowny face to this team's offense? 905-906 on the betting board. I know that myself and my producer, Jason Conn, were just laughing at how bad this set is. The Miami Marlins are on the road facing off against the Atlanta Braves as Charlie Morton is going to be on the bump for the Braves, and Sandy Alcantara is on the bump for Miami. Total on this game is 7 Total on or the under, it is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 on the juice. And when it comes to the Atlanta Braves, you're finding them a minus 170 favorite anywhere between plus 155 and plus 160, your number on the Miami Marlins. But here's what wound up having us just laughing, and I've been tracking this for quite a while. The Miami Marlins, three runs or fewer in 27 out of their last 30 games. This has got to be the worst run of offense in the history of baseball. And I'm not even kidding when I say it. I mean, you have to really deep dive and you have to take a look because I think that there was like the Colt 45s that like 
had 30 home runs in a season or something like that. That has to be right there with the Miami Marlins in terms of the sadness of this offense. They played over 130 games this season. They don't have a single player that's not on the injury list or has been DFA'd with more than seven home runs. It is September. This is just absolutely remarkable what we are seeing right now from the Miami Marlins. And you know what? I actually think that they've got value with their plus price because the man that is going on the mound is going to win the Cy Young and Sandy Alcantara. And he has been nothing short of tremendous for this team as he's given up two runs or fewer in 15 out of his last 20 starts. He just consistently has been able to give this team seven plus innings. He leads all big league pitchers in innings by more than 20 innings. So he's been able to do an incredible job of just being that workhorse. And when you wind up having Sandy Alcantara go out there on the mound, you really don't need to handicap the bullpen as much because Sandy Alcantara doesn't wind up giving you the start that you are hoping for. Well, it is wind up chalking up your under and or Miami Marlins money line bet. And you just consider it a little bit of a lost cause. I mean, Dylan Floro has been able to do an okay job in this bullpen. They've got a guy by the name of Uskar Brazobin. He's been able to come in. He's been able to give the team a couple of relatively solid innings as well. But it comes to Sandy Alcantara, just been absolutely able to eat innings. And it's just incredible. He gets stronger as the game winds up going along. If you wind up seeing his complete game against the LA Dodgers, he was pumping in there 100 miles an hour in the ninth inning. It was just remarkable what we wound up seeing out of him. He's been able to do a great job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. He's giving up right around 0.6 home runs per nine innings. Now, caution, he does wind up having right around a 282 ERA on the road this season. But you do take a look at Charlie Morton, and walks have been hurting him quite a bit as he's been giving out a little bit over three walks per nine innings. Now, even at his advanced age, Charlie Morton has still been able to do a great job of being able to get strikeouts, and I'm not sure how he's been able to do it. As This is a guy that he's approaching his age 39 season. He's 38 years old for about another month and a half, but he's still been able to get 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings, but the problem has been he's been a little bit inconsistent, giving up three plus runs and now two out of his last four starts. There was a string to begin the season where he had allowed three runs or, or more in eight out of 11 starts. He shaped up from there, and then he wanted progressing a little bit. Now it's sort of been just sort of an up and down sort of approach, and he does lead National League starters in terms of hit-by-pitches as well, which those don't register as walks, but I always do think that you want to be taking those into account as well. And by the way, he's actually led qualifying big league pitchers in terms of hit-by-pitches if he winds up doing it this year in like five out of his last 12 seasons. So that has been something to take a look at. But when it comes to the San Lando Braves bullpen, we've been seeing a little bit of shakiness out of it as well as A.J. Minter. He wound up getting lit up on Sunday Night Baseball about a week or so ago. We've been seeing Jackson Stevens now wind up going on the injured list. That winds up hurting them a bit. You've been able to get some good production out of Rossio Iglesias. Kenley Jansen's always a little bit of a roll of the dice, but he's been able to do a solid job. But for the Miami Marlins, you don't have anyone that can hit. But you know what? As long as you could get three runs, which has really been that watermark for these for the Miami Marlins, that winds up giving you an opportunity. And for the Atlanta Braves, it's not like their offense has been in great form either. Austin Riley has a home run in back-to-back games, but prior to this two-game stretch, he had had just two home runs over the last 30 days. You saw Michael Harris the second along Dansby Swanson, both hitting right around about a 285 to a 295. You've had Ronald Acuna Jr. being able to do a solid job of being able to move the line himself. But in that series against the Colorado Rockies, they wound up scoring three runs or fewer in all three of them as well. Now, pitching has been supreme for this team, so credit where credit is due on that front. But I think that you got yourself a very low-scoring game. As long as they keep setting totals of a seven or greater, you got to keep taking unders with the Miami Marlins with how bad this offense has been. I I set my total at 6.2 with regards to my handicap. At a 6.5, I still would have been willing to go under in this spot. And 
I think that you've got some relatively solid value with Sandy Alcantara. Needed at least a plus 140 to be able to take a shot on him. We have certainly been able to get there. So looking at the fish, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under as we wind up going with 907, 908 on the betting board. A guy that has really been taking the league by storm ever since the trade deadline, Jordan Montgomery. He winds up starting for the homestanding St. Louis Cardinals as they're playing most of the Chicago Cubs as Adrian Sampson. He goes for them. Right now, you're finding anywhere between about plus $2 to so plus 205 on the Cubs. Right now, the highest number that I'm seeing where I sit right now at circa at a plus 214. Meanwhile, with the St. Louis Cardinals, in between minus 230 and minus 240 is your number with a total of eight. And if you wind up having the number that I've got right here at Circa, I do like the plus price with the Cubs. I'd be waiting probably on a little bit of an overnight line move if you're out there on the East Coast and you're finding more like a plus $2, plus 205 because we're seeing the money pouring in on the St. Louis Cardinals because Jordan Montgomery, he's been incredible since getting to St. Louis, giving up one run or fewer in four out of his five stars with St. Louis, but he did wind up getting lit up a little bit in his last start against the Atlanta Braves. You figured that that would be the case, and for the Cubs, they are a little bit depleted in terms of their offense as Patrick Wisdom really won their leaders in home runs and a guy that was on pace to strike out over 200 times as well, but he's currently on the injured list, but Wilson Contreras, he's been able to do a solid job. He and Ian Happ, they both provide a 350 on base with Contreras. He's been able to slug out 20 home runs. Nico Horner has been able to do a good job of being able to move the line. Christopher Morrell, he's hitting right around 250 along C.A. Suzuki, so he's got some very capable bats in. For the St. Louis Cardinals, it's been all about Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. A combined 30, or a combined 61 home runs out of these two guys as Right now, Arenado is sitting right around a 305, more like a 330 with north of a 400 on base for Paul Goldschmidt, who's been at the top of the odds board in terms of NL MVP darn near the entirety of the season. It's been incredible to take a look at that, but what lends a little bit of value for the Cubs is the fact that the St. Louis Cardinals are dealing with a few injuries with their bullpen, Packy Naughton, along with Genesis Cabrera. They're dealing with ailments out. They do wind up getting Ryan Helsley back, who's been able to provide a sub-2 ERA, but Jordan Hicks, He's been shaky all season long because they really messed him up a little bit by them trying to utilize him as a starter. Then they wind up pushing him back to the bullpen, so he's not been able to find his equilibrium all season long. And for the Cubs, they do have some shakiness in terms of their bullpen as well. They did wind up trading away a few bullpen pieces like David Robertson and Michael Givens at the trade deadline, but Brandon Hughes has been able to provide the team a sub-3 ERA since the All-Star break. Rowan Wick has been able to come into his own as well, so... I do think that that lends a little bit of value to a Cubs team that th- throws out there Adrian Sampson, who has been seeing a little bit of regression. But for Sampson, you know that he's got a possibility to be able to give you some good length because he does not wind up jacking up his pitch count. Walks per nine rate, that hovers in the neighborhood about 2.3. He's only going to get right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, but he's been able to do a nice job keeping a lot of these games out in front of him. He's got a fielding independent that's actually lower than his ERA. So that should point to a little bit of positive progression because he does a good job of being able to just make smart pitches in general. I do think that the Cubs getting north of $2, they're starting to lend a little bit of value in. I do mind him saying my total at an 8.2. So being able to get an 8 in this spot, I think both offenses do flick looking at and over. And I'm going to be taking a look at the Cubs with a north of a plus 212 money line. And in the final segment, going to give you guys my DK Nation pick for baseball on Friday right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Your next win is a Bruin as you're able to play for free fantasy baseball, football, and basketball with draft time matchups presented by Miller Lite. Draft wins in 13 contests and compete for your share of $41,000 in total cash prize to set on over to DraftKings.com slash Miller Lite to be able to get in on the action. Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, 21 years or older. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions, they do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, please do celebrate responsibly as we are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And for those of you guys that 
are listening in at 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Eastern. Follow the money with Mitch and Paul. That is going to be coming up as they've got a loaded lineup. Nigel Seeley, he does a great job with his soccer handicaps. He is going to be joining them. Chuck Edel, I know that he has been hot the last few years when it comes to college football. He's going to be aboard. Adam Chernoff does a great job with Covers.com. He is going to be joining them. And then Drew Butler, he is a former punter for both the Georgia Bulldogs. And I know he spent a little bit of time out there in the NFL. He is going to be joining them as well as here to round out the show. I know that they're going to have you covered with a lot of football. So I'm going to get you guys covered with a little bit of baseball as well. And here at VSIN, we're doing a whole bunch of pro tips to be able to get you guys just as much winning information as humanly possible. And if you're a VSIN All Access subscriber, you've got access to all of it, vsin.com. So I have subscribed for all of it. So you get over 20 tips a day. You're able to sort them by show and by sport, but a lot of giving out mine in the last segment. For the Miami Marlins, they've scored three runs for fear in 27 out of their last 30 games. It is one of the most deplorably bad offenses that we have ever seen in a stretch in baseball history. So you want to be keeping that in mind when you want to take a look at Miami Marlins games. So that's my little bit of a pro tip to you. But how about if we wind up going with my DK Nation write-up as we're going to be going with the Brewers versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. I know 9-9-10 on the betting board with one of the more interesting storylines that you're ever that you're ever going to find for an MLB matchup as it is Eric Lauer and Zach Davies doing battle. Davies, he is on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Lauer is going to be going for the Brewers, and it's a slight line move towards the Milwaukee Brewers. This one wound up opening up minus 110 both ways. Right now, you're finding the Brewers anywhere between about minus 108 to minus 115 with the Arizona Diamondbacks getting them anywhere between even money and minus 105. 8.5 is the total. We're seeing a little bit of juice come in on the over, but my DK Nation pick, it is going to be on the Milwaukee Brewers. We want to see them get completely shut out by the Arizona Diamondbacks on Thursday. I do think that they're going to be able to bounce back in this spot, though. You've got a Brewers team that they rank third in the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per at-bat basis. And home runs are going to be a big theme in this one as Eric Lauer, his big weakness has been the deep ball. He's been giving up right around 1.9 home runs per nine innings when he's been on the road this season. But I do think that he winds up getting helped by the fact that the Arizona Diamondbacks have some of the crazier home and road power splits out there in baseballs. They've been able to do a good job of being able to crank out the deep ball on the road, right around 1.3 home runs per game. That ranks actually in the top seven in all of baseball. Meanwhile, at home, they have the second lowest home runs per at-bat rate that you're going to find in the National League, which... I do think that that's a little bit befuddling as that winds up working, but they just have not been able to get home runs when they have been at home. So I do think that that's something that does need to be factored in. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, they have three separate guys that have been able to give you at least 23 home runs. Rowdy Tellez, Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas. And they've really been lacking this year. That one leadoff guy to be able to consistently move the line, turn those solo home runs into two to three run shots. And they have found it from a little bit of an unlikely spot, and that'd be Christian Yelich. I don't think the Brewers wanted to pay $35 million a season for a guy like a Christian Yelich to wind up being a little bit more of a leadoff guy, but right now he's hitting about a 260. His on base percentage has been right around a 360 as he, Jace Peterson, able to throw in their Renfro, who I mentioned a little bit earlier as well, and Mike Brasso. These guys are in between about a 252 to 260, and Kessanera, ever since he got wound up recalled to the big leagues for this Brewers team. He's been hitting above the 300 as well. That has been massive for this Brewers bunch. And then with the Brewers, they also have such a big leg up when it comes to the bullpen as well as for this Brewers bullpen. I mean, it's been a case in which it's been a little bit up and down this season. They're right around league average when it comes to bullpen. Anyway, you do have Devin Williams. 
He has allowed just three earned runs over the course of his last 41 appearances, so he's been solid. Brad Boxberger posting up a sub-3 ERA. Now you've had Brent Suter not be too terrific for the team this season. Hobie Milner, his ERA has went straight down the toilet pole ever since the All-Star break north of five in that time span, but for the Arizona Diamondbacks, post-All-Star break, they've got a 5.66 ERA. That is the worst mark that you are going to find out there in the National League post-All-Star break, and then on top of that, you just have Really, nobody other than Joe Mantiply who's been able to do a solid job for the team. And for Joe Mantiply, I mean, credit where credit is due. He's got a sub-3 ERA, but when you wind up getting it to Mark Melanson, Noe Ramirez, you're able to throw in there even someone like a Luis Frias. All these guys, they're posting up north of a 5 ERA that does wind up turning into quite an issue for the team. And when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks in terms of their lineup, they have had a tough time just being able to move the line and get on base in general as they rank in the bottom six in the big leagues when it comes to batting average. Now, credit where credit is due to Christian Walker. He's been able to do a good job hitting a little bit above a 250 ever since the All-Star break. So that has been able to help this team out quite a bit. And you do have someone like a Josh Ross. He's been able to about a 275 for this team as well. So they've been able to give this team a little bit more stability on that front. But Still, it has been a case in which you still have guys like a Geraldo Perdomo, Carson Kelly that just have not been able to move the line. Kelly's been able to get his batting average up to right around about a 225, but these guys have just not been able to do a good job of being able to move the line in general. You've got a little bit more in terms of this Milwaukee Brewers team, which is why I did wind up making my DK Nation write-up based around them. At right around a minus 110 to a minus 115, I do think that you're getting very good value as I do wind up saying the Milwaukee Brewers as a favorite of more around about a minus 132. So I do look for the Brewers, a team that could really use this game for their playoff hopes to be able to bounce back. So the DK Nation write-up that is going to be on the Brewers, but I do like this total as well. I mentioned the fact that these are a pair of guys that they want to getting traded for each other. And Eric Lauer, he's been looking relatively solid over the last two months. Ever since the beginning of the month of July, he's made 10 starts, posting up a 290 ADRA. And for Zach Davies, he's been able to give up three runs or fewer in his last five starts. He wound up having one very short stint in his first start off the injured list against the Cleveland Guardians. Ever since then, he's been able to shape up. But still, with Zach Davies, there are clear signs that regression is coming. He's not getting a lot of swings and misses. Six and a half strikeouts per nine innings, a little bit over three walks per nine innings. The hard contact rate, he's been a little bit lucky on that front as well. So I do like the Brewers in this spot with my DK Nation right up. And then on top of that, I'm going to be taking a look at and over as well. And then how about if we wind up taking a look at one of the chalkier games on the board? And typically, I love to be able to back some of these big underdogs. I cannot line up doing it in this spot as it's the lone interleague game. 929-930 on the board. You've got the Toronto Blue Jays. They're going to be on the road. They're going to be playing against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yohan Oviedo is going to be going for the Pirates. And Alec Manoa is going to be on the bump for Toronto. Toronto finding themselves anywhere between minus 240 to minus 255 favorites. In between plus $2 and plus 220. Your number on Pittsburgh with the total at 8 and For Alec Manoa, has been a little bit of a struggle from recently. Three plus runs rendered in three out of his last six starts. But he's been able to do actually a very, very good job on the road for one. And you take a look at Yohan Oviedo, and I think it's interesting because you may recall the name. He was with the St. Louis Cardinals a little bit earlier in his career. I believe that he was part of that Jose Quitana trade, but he just has not been able to really find it as a big league pro. And you take a look at his career big league starts, and the St. Louis Cardinals won fewer than 30% of them when he was with them in the fold. And you take a look at him overall in the minor league level. Now, I will say this for him. In limited innings in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization, not been too bad. He has made four starts, five total appearances, 11 and a third inning. So 
Do you know that he's probably not going to be able to lend a lot of length in this chart, but he's got a 0.79 ERA. But if you take a look between the Cardinals and the Pirates this year, what he's been able to do at AAA is he's also made a few appearances at the big league level for Yohan Oviedo at the big league level at 3.20 ERA. But when he's been actually getting starts and the AAA level, he is right now giving up right around 3.8 walks per nine innings. He's also allowed, and this is for Memphis and Indianapolis. This is not the PCL. This is not the Juice Ball League. 2.1 home runs per nine innings. His career in the big league level, seven and a half strikeouts, to 4.3 walks per nine innings with a 465 ERA. He's got a 470 ERA at the AAA level this year. There's just no confidence that you can have with him. And with the Pittsburgh Pirates, it's a bottom five bullpen in terms of ERA. I honestly think that Chase Young should be getting starts for them. He's been able to post up a sub-2 ERA. They've used him in a lot of long relief, but that's that. I mean, you got a bunch of guys that you can't rely upon in the bullpen. Colin Holderman, he is currently not with the big league roster at this point, so that's a little bit of an issue. You've had guys like Eric Stout that they're looking to. That has not been great, and for the Toronto Blue Jays, they've really been able to shape things up with their bullpen. Anthony Bass, you're able to throw in there Tim Meza, their closer, Jordan Romano. These are guys that are posting up a sub-3 ERA, along with Yimmy Garcia, who's been able to do a solid job for the team as well. Got so much more firepower when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays lineup as well. Vlad Guerrero Jr., north of 25 home runs. And then for the Pittsburgh Pirates, I mean, really, other than Brian Reynolds, who's been able to crank out 20 home runs, you don't have anyone else that's hitting other than Kevin Newman above a 260 for this bunch. And you don't have anyone else that has been able to give you more than 14 home runs. So that is a big, giant issue. But what you've got no issues with being able to get great information here at Vason. Follow the money that comes your way. 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Regular season football is just around the corner. The VSIN team has been prepping all summer for this. Whether you're betting on futures, looking for contest strategy, or building your own power ratings, VSIN has everything you need. Get all the latest from our lineup of experts NFL veteran experts, NFL veteran experts, NFL veteran experts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... 
I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.